let me work around the mental piece of it because food addiction is real. It's a, it's a hard addiction. You have to eat to survive, but what you eat is what is the hard part. This is the Begin Within podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit. If you are working on getting healthier, losing weight, improving your fitness, whatever it is, but you have this feeling that you should be getting better results. You're just not sure what you might be doing wrong. Well, I want to tell you, you are not alone. And that is the very reason why I wrote my latest book, Five Ways You're Wrecking Your Weight Loss, so that you can take a look at five of the most common reasons I see that people aren't getting the results that they deserve for all their hard work. Just five really quick fixes that can get you headed toward the results that you want. Check it out. You can download it by going to beginwithin.fit, clicking on the ebook button, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Check out my book. Let me know what you think. My guest today is Stephanie Mitchell. She is a chef and also has gone through her own huge weight loss transformation. So we are going to talk about her unique perspective on this journey as someone who is a food expert, someone who is skilled at creating meals that people love to eat, and someone who has also made a huge change to adjust the way that food shows up in her life. I know you're going to enjoy this interview. Here are a few things that I really want you to listen for. So prepare your mind as we dive in to this interview with Stephanie Mitchell. First of all, accountability. She's going to talk about accountability and how she intentionally has built that into her journey and credits so much of her success to making sure that accountability is a huge part of the process for her. Listen closely. She talks about that and even how she shared this journey with a very close friend of hers. We're also going to talk about portion sizes. I know that's a, that's a, not something we talk about a ton here on the Begin Within podcast. We were so much about what's happening on the inside, but this is something that was huge for her in her journey is to give attention to the actual portion sizes that she's eating. So listen closely. She talks about that and the things that she's learned and why she feels that is such a big part of her success 
and things that we can apply certainly as well into our own journeys to improve our health. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the mental game when it comes to someone's relationship with food. Stephanie is going to be very open about her journey to win at the mental game. I want to say conquer the mental game. It's it's an ongoing process, right? And she is going to tell us about that in this interview, how she has gone about taking on the mental game when it comes to her relationship with food. So listen as she shares that as well. Here is my interview with Stephanie Mitchell. I've been overweight since I was a child. Um, I played sports. I was always athletic. Every season I played a sport, basketball, field hockey, softball, you name it. I did it all. We were active in the summers. I lived in, in New Jersey. So I was by the beach. We were always at the beach, always swimming. We had a pool in the backyard. So I was active. I was never, you know, we played, we had video games when I was a kid, but we were more so outside but I was just always a chunky kid. And so then I became a chef and that certainly didn't help. <laughs> so that just kind of takes it back to that. And I think through the years I've tried every, you know, diet and exercise. I joined a racquetball club. I joined a gym. I've tried like to literally do everything. And it was new year's Eve of uh, 20, I guess it was 2019. Okay. And my husband and I went out and I was getting dressed and I was just like, I don't, I just don't feel good in my body. Normally, you know, you're going out for New Year's Eve, you're feeling great, you're dressed up. And I was just like, eh, I kind of went through the motions, but I did not feel good about myself. And that's the first time that I ever really was just like disgusted with myself. And so mm. um, at that point, I was like, something, something drastic has to change because before that I, I could lose 40 pounds, I could lose 50 pounds. And then I would be doing great and I'm active and then it would just all come right back. So I was the very yo-yo when it came um, to my weight right. loss. And that was it. It was the, the New Year's Eve of 2019 when I just didn't feel good in my own body. Okay. I'm, I'm curious about being a chef, how that, I mean, I know we'll, talk, we'll probably talk about how it's served you in the journey, but even before, like what is being, was being a chef for you? Um, helpful or was it a hindrance do you do you think like looking back because I wonder if like having food around all the time kind of like eh, it's just another like this is my job like it's just food it's like pushing paper around or was it more of a like there's always food around and I know how to make it taste awesome <laughs> right and I think it's a little bit of both so it is super helpful to me now because I know how to maneuver things and manipulate them and make it how I need it to be but before, before I really cared about my body and cared about like the, just this, like living longer, the thought of that, because I think I was reckless before I'm in my forties. Now I'm 45, my twenties, when I was a chef in my twenties and thirties, it was, you learn really bad habits too, because everything has to be really quick. You eat fast. You eat like you're in prison, right? You're like okay. shoveling it in wherever you can grab a French fry, you grab a French fry. And that's just what it is. Nothing is balanced. Nothing is, you don't really sit down and have meals and you eat literally as fast as you can before you have to go back to work. And so I learned really bad habits there and you have access to everything. You can make anything, um, but you're not think I just was reckless with my body. I wasn't thinking to make things that are good for me. Sure. I can do that. I learned nutrition in, in culinary school, but I'm not 
you learned it just to get by it. That's not what you're after as a chef, most chefs anyway. Um, so for me in the beginning, it hurt, especially when I traveled, when I traveled, it was someone else's dime was paying for the food because I ate out every day. Um, and I could have pretty much whatever I wanted, you know, uh, within a certain budget, but I could have dessert with every meal if I wanted it. Um, I can order a Coke if I want it, I can have what, whatever I want, whenever I want, basically. So it was kind of, it was just reckless. <laughs> it was a re- okay. very reckless lifestyle. Got it. And I would imagine probably having a very, like a more refined palate. It like, to some extent, eating is part of the job to keep tasting and trying and. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that's a crutch now, now that I look back at it, cause I would always, my doctor, you know, talk to my doctor about my weight and I'd say, well, I have to taste everything I make. Or, you know, we do something called line check when I was with Bonefish and you have to literally taste everything. But do you, <laughs> do you have to take that second taste? I mean, when I look back at it now, I'm like, what a ridiculous excuse, but it sounded great at the time. Like, yeah, I have to taste everything you do and you don't like to an extent. So yeah, um, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the industry due to my love of food. And I think that is uh, what truly put me, I was at my highest, just a little over 300 pounds, 311 is the highest I saw. Okay. Got it kind of the perks of the job, but also the, the challenge yeah. the challenge. What, yeah. so t- new year's 2019 you're you, that was the first time. If I'm, if I'm right, that you kind of were like this, I'm, I'm unhappy with where I'm yeah. at. Like, could you tell me about wh- what started to change then? Like moving forward from that date? Yeah. So, um, I think it's around that time as I literally think when everybody discovers that they're, they're disgusted with their body after the holidays and everything. Um, and that's why there's new year, new year's resolutions. Not that I had any resolutions, but I just knew I, something had to change and something had to be drastic because I literally tried weight watchers juice fast. You know, I was vegan. I was, you name it. I did it. So I was like, what, you know, and I had um, gone online and just did some research. And I was like, I think I'm going to look into weight loss surgery. I think it's that time for me. And so I looked at it and I saw a, a seminar and I told my husband I was going to go and he was not on board with it. You know, it's major surgery. He's like, I don't think you need to do that. But I was like, oh, let me go check it out anyhow. Um, and so I did, I checked it out and they were like, okay, when can we sign you up? And I was like, hold up. <laughs> I just came to see what you had to say. <laughs> Um, but I did, I, I, I um, set a date with the surgeon to go talk to them and it's a whole process. I mean, it's a lengthy process that they put you through in a lot of steps. And I said, well, I'll start the steps. I'm still not on board. I'm still not sold, but I'll start the steps. And I took a nutrition class. I had to do six months of that for nutrition to approve or for, I'm sorry, insurance to approve it. So I was like, it can't hurt me to take nutrition classes. I'll do that. So I started it. Um, and that was in January. And I think um, about halfway through the nutrition classes is when I knew that it was, it was in fact, right. It was the right move for me. And I think my husband knew too. And he's like, you're going to do it either way. (laughs) So I may as well support you and and I'll do whatever I can to help you, you know, out with it. So that was kind of the, the big decision for me. So I'd say sometime in like by March, I knew for sure that I was going to do it. Okay. When did you end up having the surgery? Well, 2020, like for anybody else was quite a roller coaster. So, you know, March is when I decide and, um, you know, uh, COVID hits and everybody's quarantined, which makes it really unique. The only thing that really helped there was that we had to eat at home for the most part. We were cooking more at home. We stopped eating out as much. We weren't out drinking as much. So that kind of helped me because at first I wasn't, I had to, 
I had to at least maintain my weight or lose in order for insurance to approve it. And at a point uh, when I had to meet with a psychiatrist and I had gained weight, he was like, I'm not going to approve you because you're going the wrong path. And something then triggered me like, I really have to do this. Like, I can't just float my way through it. That's when I discovered it was weight loss surgery was going to be a lot harder than I thought it it would be. Um, So I really had to buckle down. And then we started to um, really get into hiking a lot when the spring came around and COVID, there's not a lot you can do, but we can certainly be outside in the woods. So we started to hike a lot um, and walk and do anything we could outside or, or at home exercises. We canceled gym memberships and started doing things at home. Um, so spring is when that took another turn for me, when I got really serious and then I started to lose weight on my own. I lost, I think 40 pounds before surgery, um, just by really buckling down. So, and then you have the thought of, well, if I lost those 40 pounds, do I really need the surgery? And I'm like, no, you've done this enough times before to know you need to do it. Got it. Yeah. Cause like you said, you had, you had lost before and then came back and hmm. right. That really good is, losing 40 and then gaining it right back. <laughs> yeah, that was like your, your magic number there. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that is really interesting how your um everything lined up with the pandemic right. for you. And yeah, that was I mean, I think I think it was a good time for a lot of us to like to start new habits because we're in like a new world right (laughs) you could go one of two ways yeah you could either get together or you can you know just sit there and gain your COVID 20 30 whatever it is but because of that it did push my I didn't have my surgery until September of 2020 so it didn't push it too far but a lot of um elective surgeries were on hold and so um yeah I did I was put on hold until September but it wasn't you know from January to September that's I had a lot of pre-work to do anyhow so they, they put you through a lot so it had to do all that before then anyway yeah wow so can I ask how like how did things end up or I shouldn't say end up I hate I don't like that (laughs) I don't like after pictures I like yeah we're all during right where are you at now Stephanie do you know I yeah I've lost 130 pounds since the since my 311 um so I've I've I was 311 at my highest. I'd lost, like I said, about 40 pounds before surgery and whatever the math is after surgery on that. But I am now, um, I hover right at like 180 to 185. I'm kind of floating that, that mix there, which coming from 311 is kind of a big deal to me. And I, I've, I'm almost I'm a year and a half, uh, September will be two years post-op. Okay. Oh, good for you. Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. Now's the hard part. And this is what I've, this is what I've discussed with many people. Now is the hard part when you're in your, what they call the honeymoon phase and it's your first year and the weight's coming off easily. It's it's all great. Um, But once you, the weight stops coming off and you're forced to now learn how to live, um, you know, just live a normal life and keep the weight off or continue to try to lose some there, there, nobody teaches you how to do that. And that's the hard part. That's the mental piece for me. Um, why I stay so connected in to social media and to any group that I can, um, because the people are watching me, people are making, you know, I have a lot of people, family, friends, or even just followers that are watching me and look up to me and I don't want to let people down. So it's, for me, it's like, I got to keep this up. I got to keep doing what I'm doing um, to make sure that I don't get, I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be, everybody has told me, I've heard it from at least a dozen people, you know, my cousins, brothers, uncles, 
sister had that surgery and gained all their weight back. And I'm that's great. That's not me. I have zero plans for putting that much work into something and gaining it all back. So I'm not trying to be a statistic. I don't want that those words to come out of somebody's mouth about me. Yeah. So I'm pretty aggressive in making sure that I don't gain this weight back. Yeah. I, I love that approach of have like, like you said, having, having more people in kind of involved in your journey and you are seeing that as, as a really positive thing to kind of have, have more eyeballs watching, you mm-hmm. know, then the consequences of, of falling back are, are a lot heavier, right? Because yeah, there are more people. That's my accountability. Yeah. And yeah. I have people that message me regularly and tell me, you know, that I'm an inspiration and how did I, you know, work through this part of the journey or that part of the journey. And I'll be as open and honest as I can. And I have bad days just like anybody does. So, and I'm open and honest about those too. There's days that get me. Um, Easter got me with some, some, some Cadbury eggs, but you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. That's, that's all you can do. Easter, actually Easter morning, we went for a hike. So it's like we, you know, the, my husband and my two stepkids, the four of us went for a hike that morning where we came back and indulged. And, you know, it's just, it's balanced. It's a balancing game at this point for me. Yeah. Oh, cool. I think, I think that's, that's going to be one of probably one of the big takeaways for me to, to be able to share from, from this conversation is that like, Hey, what can you do to get more? You know, it, it seems right. like, why would I want more people watching me? But like, <laughs> if, if you're serious about it, like, like you are, it's helpful, right? Yeah, Positive absolutely. Pressure. That is my accountability. It's funny how how quick we are to let ourselves down, but we don't want to let other people down. I've let myself mm-hmm. down dozens of times with my 40 pounds up and my 40 pounds down. And sure, a handful of my close friends and family see it. But when it comes to, I have thousands of you know followers on Instagram or whatever the case, or just people in general that know me or work and I travel for work still. So people see me everywhere to let all of those people down. I can't do that. Me? Sure. <laughs> Everybody else? No. <laughs> nice. Oh, I mean, it makes so much sense. And it's obviously it's working. It's serving, yeah. serving you on your journey. Um, I'm curious about maybe other changes in mindset that you've had through this process or even just other um, little tips and tricks or mantras that you might have having gone through this, this transformation so far, what what might some of those big ones be? So for me, anyone who is on a journey and has been on a journey for like at least the length of time I have, or, you know, is really serious about it. It is mental. It is more mental than it is physical or anything else. Um, I have one of my best friends, her and I were both over 300 pounds and she's lost over hundred pounds as well. Um, and she's done it just through eating less, working out, exercising. And, um, she's actually the, my only friend that lives in the area. So I get to work out with her or meal prep with her. So we both had very different journeys with similar results. Um, and we see the similarities between each other. So yes, I I've had weight loss surgery, but we now eat similar portion sizes. So when we meal prep, we'll eat pretty much the same, but she might have like a big, bigger salad on the side, which I can't do just because my stomach can't hold that. But as far as like protein amounts go and the amounts of, um, she can drink more water than I can simply because of the stomach size. But for the most part, our portions are very similar. Um, and so I learned a lot by that too. Like she's just been able to control her portion sizes on her own where I needed the help to do it. Um, and so I, 
mental, the mental game, if you haven't had a, a therapist or, or somebody that you talk to about these types of things, I think it's, that's probably the biggest takeaway for me. I always thought, oh, you know, I'm pretty, my, even the psychiatrist before surgery said to me, he's like, you're kind of boring. I didn't have any, like, I don't have any family trauma or history of any craziness. And so I was boring to him and I'm like, oh, okay, great. So he passed, you know, he passed me through, but I, I just never thought I'd be the type of person that needed therapy because I don't have any like deep seated issues, but I do. And it's food, <laughs> food gets in the way. Like I said, I've always been active. I don't have a problem being active. It's food. And so now that I'm, you know, well, um, you know, into somewhat of a maintenance stage, it's like, I want to continue to maintain this. So let me work around the mental piece of it because food addiction is real. It's a, it's a hard addiction. You have to eat to survive, but what you eat is what is the hard part. And so um, I work with a therapist who doesn't um, focus on, you know, macros or numbers or tell me what to eat, but just more so around my relationship with food so I can have a healthy relationship. Um, so that's kind of my focus there. And I think it's important and most insurance covers it. So um, that's a big thing for me. And I never thought that would be me just because I just didn't think I had issues or that, not that I'm above it, but I didn't think it was for me. And now here I am and it is for me. Um, and I work with, a, um, they then recommended a dietitian. So I have both a dietitian and a therapist who um, are connected. They, they've, you know, they can talk to each other about my um, journey. And so everybody's on the same page that I'm not trying to count every calorie, every macro, every, everything. I just want a healthy relationship with food. And in turn, my therapist also helped me just to be, you know, a better person in general, but <laughs> it certainly helps, um, your mindset when it comes to eating, to have, to have that. So I think that's important. Just having someone outside of your family and friends who hear you talk all the time, um, to help you navigate through some things. Sure. I'm sure like, like we were talking, it helps have some more accountability, right? Yeah. To, all these people yeah. are working on helping me. <laughs> exactly. And just knowing, knowing portion sizes and what's an accurate portion size. Cause that's what I was getting into before I yeah. turned left. But you know, my, my, my best friend who's gone, you know, and lost her weight as well. Our port, like I said, our portion sizes are similar and that's something she's just learned. And she said, well, I see what you're eating and I can do the same. They're like, we, mm we're still the same. We're the same age. We're a couple of weeks apart. She's a little taller than me, but like my stomach's smaller, but I still, the difference with me is I get hungry every like two hours where she gets down to eat a meal and not be hungry for till the next meal possibly. So we eat the same amount of food generally throughout the day. It's just a, like I said, I eat differently. I don't cook differently. I eat differently. I just eat in smaller amounts throughout the day. Gotcha. So portion size, huge, yeah, portion another huge takeaway. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm curious and, and maybe in with that, like m mental side of things, the, the, the internal journey, um, but maybe not, I guess I'm just curious on what advice you would have for someone who's listening and they're thinking, I gotta, I gotta make a change. What, I mean, what would listen, you recommend for first steps? Listening to your, listening to your gut instinct in your body, because something in that, that new year's Eve, when everyone's going out and having a good time, having a couple of drinks and, and it just sat with me through the whole night. So if something is weighing that heavy on you, just, just figure out what it is that you need to do. I'm not saying everybody needs to make a drastic move and have weight loss surgery. It's not for everybody. And it is, 
an intense process, but if your body is telling you that heavily that you need to make a change, figure out what the change is for you and just, just do it. If it's, if you're not getting like regular movement in, which is something that I did and I still couldn't lose, then maybe you start there and start small, start with walking. Um, walking for me turned into jogging. I had no idea three years ago, if you would have told me I was going to run a 5k, a 10k and a duathlon, I've got a triathlon on the books this summer. I would have never, never. I was my sister's best cheering crowd. I always thought I'll be your cheering crowd forever, but I'm, you're never going to catch me running. And here I am. I had no idea but walking turned into jogs, um, hiking. And then I did couch to 5k. And next thing you know, I'm, I guess I'm a runner. It's what I do. Right. Sometimes. So now I'm a runner who knew, but it's just start small. Like, I think it's just overwhelming when you try to take on too much at one time. So I started with hikes and walks and I just built it up from there. Um, I start, I do home workouts, you know, and I just, I try to switch it up. So that, that's my biggest advice is do something, um, take what, take in what you can do, what you can start small and just build on top of it and learn about yourself too. me doing this therapy that I'm doing. I'm really learning about my body and what I need, what I truly need. Cause I'll beat myself up for eating a cookie. And my therapist is like, but did the cookie hurt you? <laughs> and I'm like, not really. No that cookie every time I get so mad over a cookie and she's like it's just not it's a cookie she's like people eat cookies you know but we're, we're the we're the our own worst critic so just go easy on yourself and start small that's that's how I did it anyhow I mean not that surgery small but in the grand scheme of things that just started with small smaller pieces and built up on it yeah it kind of I guess it helps it helps you maybe, maybe I don't know if to say if the word force because I know you, you don't have to you can still do whatever you want, but right. it, it really encourages you to t- dial it all back and start small from, right. from that point forward. Right. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So if I make a mistake and that's just it with my smaller stomach, I can only overeat so much. That's what I think kept me from gaining weight back is even when I do make a mistake, I, it can't be that bad of a mistake. There's only so much damage I can do unless mm-hmm. I continue repeating the process. And so that's where therapy helps me to not continue to repeat the process. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I, I eat a cookie and the next day is a new day. I'm not going to like punish myself with like an intense workout. I'll still do a walk or a jog or a hike or whatever. And I'm just going to, you know, eat, eat whatever I had planned to eat. I do try to make meal plans, but you know, they don't always stick. So I try not to be too um, hard on myself if, if I don't stick to my meal plan. So I think it's going easy on yourself and starting small and building up the momentum. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Start small. I like the, the point of, you know, listen to your gut, learn about yourself as you go. Um, awesome, man. Stephanie Mitchell, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. Awesome. I want to thank Stephanie so much for being here on the Begin Within podcast with us this week. And I want you to be able to connect with her, to follow her work and to be able to be ready for any new resources that she produces. From her unique perspective as a chef who has gone through this dramatic transformation in her life. So I will link to her Instagram account in the show notes so that you have an opportunity to connect with her. I want to revisit a little bit about what I asked you to listen for as you enjoyed that interview with Stephanie. First of all, 
accountability. Right? We heard how important that was for her in this whole journey to make sure that she had lots of people that were expecting her to deliver. She knew that having all those eyes on her, well, certainly it would add pressure, but it was positive pressure. She didn't want to let those people down. I know that that is a big step. It's, it could be a scary and intimidating step to bring people along on the journey, to tell people what we're trying to accomplish because we think, what if I fail? I'm going to disappoint those people. That will be so embarrassing, right? We have those thoughts. But the reality is when other people are watching, we do better. When there are other people in the process with us, we accomplish more than if we are just doing it on our own. And we are so much less likely to let ourselves off the hook when there are other people that are in the process with us. So I would invite you to think about your goals. Of course, that's why we're here. We think about that so much, right? Whatever the goals might be to improve your health, to lose weight, whatever it is. But then think about this. What types of accountability have you built in to the process? Who have you allowed yourself to be accountable to? Or if you're feeling like, okay, that's something I haven't really done very well, we'll just flip those questions a little bit. How might you incorporate more accountability into the process for yourself? Who might you invite to become part of the process with you so that you show up as the best possible version of yourself wherever you're at in that journey along the way? The other piece that I want to revisit is the idea of portion size, right? I I loved the example that she gave, and she's done this now with, with a friend, and What is the common thing between the two of them? And they've got similar results, right? How have they done it? By adjusting portion size. As a chef, Stephanie mentioned, you know, I'm not necessarily eating things that are all that different than what I ate before. I'm just eating smaller portions. What, it sounds so simple, right? But what a valuable little piece for us to take from her interview here. If improving your health, losing weight, whatever it is, is on your radar, something that you're working on, more than likely, that is a place that you could give, we can give some attention, right? So that we're eating closer to the amount of fuel that our body actually needs and not more than than what we need look at portions how can we start controlling the portions that we eat right there's so many little ways to do it but that is a place to give some attention you heard it here from an expert a food expert and an expert at making a huge weight loss transformation we give attention to portion sizes if we want to make those kinds of big 
changes. And then, of course, the mental game, right? When it comes to relationship with food, I am so appreciative for Stephanie being open about that process. And I think the big takeaway is just this. Work on it. She's working on it. She is seeking out resources and others that can help her to work on it. If improving health and making changes with food is something that that you're determined to do, don't underestimate the, the power of the mental game and do what you can to continue to explore resources that are going to help you in that area. Find others that can help you, support you in that area of this journey, the, the internal changes to our thoughts and our feelings around food. I hope you enjoyed this interview today. I know I certainly did. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you would be so kind, if you haven't done so already, please rate and review this show in your podcast player and share it with someone that can help hold you accountable in this process. Someone who could support you along the way so they know exactly what it is that you need from them. Perhaps so you can start the conversation to tell them what you'd like to accomplish and how they can support you. Please share this episode with someone that you care about. Thank you so much for being here with me this week on the Begin Within podcast. I will talk to you again next week.